Surah Al-Fatih, the surah which was more beloved to the Prophet ﷺ than anything upon which the sun rises. Why? Because Surah Al-Fatih was revealed at a time when the Muslims had encountered or had been through a very difficult time. They had just been refused entry into Mecca. They were not allowed to perform Umrah. And the entire incident seemed to be like a setback. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it as Fatih, as a clear victory. And even the surah is named Suratul Fatih. And we see that in this surah, so many good news have been given. So many promises have been made with the Prophet ﷺ as well as with the believers. إِنَّا فَتَحْنَا لَكَ فَتْحًا مُبِينًا Indeed, we have given you, O Prophet ﷺ, a clear conquest, a manifest victory. This incident is basically an opening. This is something that will be a gateway to future success, to future opportunities. So never for a moment think that Sulhudaybiyah was another obstacle. It was another hurdle. No, in reality it was the exact opposite. This was something that was going to remove obstacles and hurdles that the Muslims had been facing so far. The benefit of Fath for the Prophet ﷺ specifically, Allah says, لِيَغْفِرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِن ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ Because of this incident, Allah will forgive all of your sins. The ones that have already been committed and the ones that will be done later. What does this mean? This means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed His complete forgiveness upon His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Don't we learn that the Prophets of Allah are protected against committing sin? They don't commit sin. Isn't that so? Don't we hear about that? They are given isma. Isma as in protection against sin. So what does it mean by this that Allah has forgiven the Prophet ﷺ for all of his mistakes? Remember that there are levels of errors, levels of mistakes. And depending on the person also, right? what is appropriate for one individual is not acceptable for another. right? What is considered as a minor struggle for one individual could be a major struggle for another individual. Right? Now the prophets of Allah, their rank is the highest amongst all people. So them over here are those actions which did not befit the messenger wasallam, given his high status. Like for example, we learned that at the incident of Tabuk, where the, some people came and presented false excuses, the prophet wasallam, allowed them to stay. Right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that Allahu anka lima adintalahum. May Allah pardon you, meaning Allah has already pardoned you. Why did you allow them? Meaning it was not correct for you to allow these people to stay behind. You should not have done that. So what this ayah means is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Secondly, the second benefit for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَيُتِمَّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكَ He will complete and perfect his blessing upon you. Which blessing? The blessing of deen. How? That this incident, the sulhudaybiyah, is going to lead to the perfection, the completion, the establishment, the spreading of the deen. وَيَهْدِيَكَ صِرَاطًا مُسْتَقِيمًا And the next thing is that Allah will guide you further to or upon 
the straight path. Meaning this incident is going to increase in your guidance, in your right direction. وَيَنصُرَكَ اللَّهُ نَصْرًا عَزِيزًا And Allah will give you a mighty victory. Meaning this is just the beginning. This is just the fath. This is just the opening. This is just the opening of the floodgates. Eventually, Allah will grant you a mighty victory. What do we see? Sulh Hudaybiyah, why was it made? Because the mushrikeen of Makkah basically did not want to let the Prophet ﷺ enter Makkah. They just wanted to show that they were superior. Right? That was the whole problem over here. They didn't want to accept that the Muslims whom they had exiled from Makkah should now come back freely and perform Umrah. Right? It was basically something that went against their ego. So this is why they said the Muslims cannot come this year, they have to come the following year. And then all the conditions of the treaty. So Sulh Hudaybiyah basically was an attempt from the mushrikeen to hurt the Prophet ﷺ. To bring the Muslims down. Correct? That was the whole idea. And one of the conditions was that any Muslim who leaves Makkah now and goes to Medina must be returned to Makkah. So the whole idea was to bring Muslims down, to hurt the Muslims. What do we learn? That oftentimes the plan with which someone tries to destroy you and bring you down is the very plan through which Allah will raise you above them. And this is something we see in the lives of all the prophets. What happened to Yusuf alayhi salam? Didn't his brothers try to bring him down? Isn't it? What was their plan? Let's throw him in the well. Correct? Somebody will take him and then, you know, he's gone. That was their plan to bring Yusuf alayhi salam down. And yes, that was the same plan through which Allah brought Yusuf alayhi salam high. Isn't it so? Sulh Hudaybiyah was an attempt from the mushrikeen to bring the Prophet ﷺ down, to hurt him. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the same plan to raise his messenger ﷺ above his enemies. Now, here in these verses, we see the gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed on the messenger ﷺ through Sulh Hudaybiyah. What about the believers in general? What did they get out of Sulh Hudaybiyah? The following verses talk about that. Allah says, هُوَ الَّذِي He is the one who أَنزَلَ السَّكِينَةَ He sent down tranquility. Where? فِي قُلُوبِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ In the hearts of the believers. When? At Hudaybiyah. What is sakina? Sakina from sukun, sakana. Sakana is to become still. When something is moving, shaking, eventually it becomes still. So, sakina is basically the calmness that one feels in his heart. In his mind. What is the opposite of that? Restlessness, fear, anxiety, worry. So Allah bestowed sakina upon the believers, in the hearts of the believers. Meaning He brought them relief from fears and worries. في قلوب المؤمنين The restlessness, the fear, the discomfort that was caused by the conditions of the sulh was ultimately removed by Allah. And what happened? This entire experience, لِيَزْدَادُوا As a result, they increased. إِمَانًا In faith. مَعْ إِمَانِهِمْ With their faith. Meaning this experience increased the believers in their faith. This difficult experience in which they had to let go of so many things, 
So many things went against their wishes, against what they were okay with. But what happened? Ultimately, this experience increased them in iman. What do we learn from this? That iman, faith, is something that increases and it decreases. Right? It's not something stagnant. It increases and it decreases. What is it that causes iman to increase? Of course, when a person does a righteous deed, like for example, if he recites the Qur'an, performs the salah, gives some charity, immediately what happens? You feel closer to Allah, you feel happier inside. Right? This is an increase in faith. But what do we learn over here? Sometimes, difficulties also increase a person in iman. Painful situations, especially those in which everything is going against your wishes. Everything is going against your plans. This is something that can increase a person's faith, provided that he surrenders to Allah's will. He accepts Allah's decree. Because you see, when something goes against our wishes, there are two ways. One is we get very upset and angry and frustrated, right? And we leave, we quit. This is not something that's going to increase a person's iman. Anger, frustration is not going to increase a person's iman. On the other hand, when things are going against your wishes and you surrender to Allah's decree, you accept it and you make the best out of the situation that you are in, accept, saying, رَضِيتُ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّا Then what will happen? You're trusting in Allah. You're placing your trust in who? In Allah. You're being patient for whose sake? For Allah's sake. You're accepting that difficulty for whose sake? For Allah's sake. So what do you think? Isn't this experience going to bring you closer to Allah? It will. The harder it will be, the more challenging it will be, the more sweetness of faith will be experienced. And that is what happened with the believers. So sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts us in difficulties, in situations that are really contrary to our wishes. They really put us out of our comfort zone. But... This experience is meant to draw us closer to Allah. لِيَزْدَادُوا إِيمَانًا مَعَ إِيمَانِهِمْ وَلِلَّهِ جُنُودُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ And to Allah belong the armies, the soldiers of the heavens and the earth. And He alone knows how many they are. His resources are abundant. His power is great. He is all able to assist His servants. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ عَلِيمًا حَكِيمًا And Allah is ever knowing and wise. What do we see in this ayah? What's the benefit that the believers got from Sulhudaybiyah? What's the benefit that they got from Sulhudaybiyah? Closeness to Allah, nearness to Allah, an increase in faith. But that happened when they accepted Allah's decree. لِيُدْخِلَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ لِيُدْخِلَ So he may admit. الْمُؤْمِنِينَ The believing men. وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ And the believing women. Because of this whole experience, what will happen? Allah will admit the believing men and women into jannatin, gardens, tajri min tahtihal anhar, underneath which rivers flow, khalidina fiha, abiding therein eternally. So another benefit, that Allah will admit them into jannah because of this. Because the reward for sabr is, what is it? It is jannah. The reward for patience is jannah. Secondly, وَيُكَفِّرَ عَنْهُمْ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ And He will remove from them their misdeeds. 
Meaning Allah will also forgive them. Just as He forgave His Messenger, He will also forgive the believers. وَكَانَ ذَلِكَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ فَوْزٌ عَظِيمًا And that is ever near Allah, a great achievement. What is a great achievement? Entry into Jannah and forgiveness of sins. You see the Sahaba wanted to go and perform Umrah. But they weren't able to. Right? Now, many times it happens that we want to get some ajr by performing a good deed. Right? By performing a good deed. Like the Sahaba wanted to perform Umrah. That is one way of gaining reward. And that is by performing a good deed. But sometimes, remember, reward is also gained, how? Through sabr. Through deprivation. Meaning when we want to do something, but we're not able to, then because of sabr, Allah will give ajr. The Sahaba are being promised Jannah over here. And forgiveness. Because they performed Umrah? Is that the reason? What's the reason? Because they accepted Allah's decree. They dealt with this whole incident very patiently. They observed great sabr. So Allah promises them Jannah and forgiveness. So what do we learn here? That just because they were not able to perform Umrah, they did not return home empty-handed. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded them greatly also. And this should really teach us that, you know, sometimes we want to do something, but we're not able to. And then we get so upset and frustrated and, and sad about it, that because of our impatience, we are losing the ajr that we could have gotten. Right? Like for example, if a woman is menstruating in the month of Ramadan, and she's just upset about it, it had to happen now. Right? This is not fair. And she's just angry and, you know, she's upset. Well, one way of gaining ajr is through acts of worship. And another way of gaining ajr is by accepting Allah's decree, being patient, and then doing what you can do in the situation that you're in. So a believer makes the most out of every situation he's put in. Whether he's doing something or he's being deprived of something. For a believer, it's always win-win. وَكَانَ ذَلِكَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا This is what the believers got from Sulh Hudaybiyah. What about the enemies of the Prophet ﷺ? What did they get from Sulh Hudaybiyah? Allah says, وَيُعَذِّبَ And He will punish. الْمُنَافِقِينَ وَالْمُنَافِقَاتِ The hypocrite men and the hypocrite women. وَالْمُشْرِكِينَ وَالْمُشْرِكَاتِ And the mushrik men and the mushrik women. Because of this incident, they are punishable. Allah will punish them. They are more deserving of Allah's punishment. Why? In particular, the crime that's mentioned over here is, Allah billahi Plural of the word, Allah. Who is Lan? One who has Lan. One who? Lanna. What is Lanna? To assume. Right? To hold a supposition about something. So Allah mean those who assume Billahi about Allah, what kind of assumption? What kind of thoughts did they entertain about Allah? The assumption of evil, meaning very bad thought about Allah is what these people entertained. 
And what was that bad thought about Allah? That Allah will not aid His Messenger. That Allah has abandoned His Messenger. That Allah will not aid His Deen. They assumed, they thought weakness about Allah. Failure for Him. أَظَّانِّينَ بِاللَّهِ ظَنَّ السَّوْءِ Allah says, عَلَيْهِمْ Upon them is دَائِرَةُ دَائِرَةُ What is da'ira? Da'ira is that which goes around. Dara yaduru is to go around. Alright? Da'ira is one that goes around. And what is meant by da'ira is a calamity. Alright? A turn of events. Misfortune. Because that's exactly how disaster strikes. Many times, you know, on the surface it seems very good, but then what happens? It turns around and comes back in a way that a person was not even expecting, and then he's surrounded by it. عَلَيْهِمْ دَائِرَةُ السَّوْءِ Upon them is a misfortune of evil nature. They thought bad about Allah? Well, you know what? These people are going to receive bad. They wanted bad for Muslims? They themselves ended up in evil. وَغَضِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ And Allah was angry with them. وَلَعَنَهُمْ And He cursed them. وَأَعَدَّ لَهُمْ جَهَنَّمْ And He has prepared for them hell, the home of disgrace. وَسَاءَتْ مَصِيرًا And evil it is as a destination. So what do we see? Through Sulhudaybiyah, who is it that really experienced loss and failure? Was it the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims? Not at all. They returned with victory. It was their enemies, those who wanted to harm them. Those who wanted to harm them. That suffered loss and failure. Why? Because of their evil, wrong thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because of their bad thoughts. Because of their negative thoughts. Run. And this should make us realize how important it is to correct our thoughts. Because what is it that turns into our speech? It's our thoughts. Isn't it? And then what we think also ends up in our actions, in our behavior, in our dealings with people. Yes. Assalamu alaikum. Um, we see that Sulhadabiyah was actually, it's like the verse says that for them they thought it was something that was benefiting them, but it circled around it was what actually caused their destruction. Yes. That's exactly what happened. You know, they stipulated all those conditions thinking that everything was going to be in their favor, but in reality, it harmed them because they intended harm for Muslims. They themselves received harm. Alright? So, alayhim da'iratu saw. And in particular, the munafiqeen, what is it that they did? What happened is that when the Prophet ﷺ, he announced that he was going to go for Umrah, 1400 companions got ready and came with him. And there were many people who stayed behind, as we will learn about it. Why? Because they didn't think it was wise to go to Makkah. They didn't think it was wise to go to Makkah. Because who was in Makkah? The enemies of the Muslims. The battle of Khandaq had just, you know, it was very, very recent. So they were still afraid of the enemy. Remember we learned in Surah Al-Ahzab, يَحْزَبُونَ الْأَحْزَابَ لَمْ يَذْهَبُوا They still think that the confederates have not gone. They're so afraid. So because of that fear, they didn't go. What was the evil thought that the hypocrites entertained about Allah that Allah will not protect His Messenger? That Allah will abandon His Messenger? Right? They expected evil from Allah. That's what happened. So Allah says, عَلَيْهِمْ دَائِرَةُ السَّوْءِ 
they think evil about Allah, well, you know what? These people will receive evil. They will receive evil. Because you know what happens? We create our own reality. What happens is that if we, you know, for example, you're talking to somebody, right? And you just make an assumption about that individual. That this person, because he's from, or she's from such and such race, right? Or because she's from such and such group, she's not going to like me. So you know what? I think she's being very rude. Let me treat her the same way. She's not really being rude. You assume something about her. You change your attitude. Now she's wondering what's wrong with this woman, right? And she gets equally rude. And then that reinforces your false belief about her that she's rude. You understand? You expected bad treatment from somebody, so you got prepared for that bad treatment, right? So you created your own reality. It's like self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So, عَلَيْهِمْ دَائِرَةُ السَّوْءُ You know, like they say that if if people start believing that the stock market is going to crash, then what will happen? It will crash. And didn't we see it? It didn't really crash, but how quickly things went down? Just because people believed, they thought something was going to happen. So you see the results immediately. So what do we learn from this? That we should never ever think negatively about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter what hardship we're in. The Prophet ﷺ said three days before his death, he said, none of you should meet death, but only hoping good from Allah. The closer you get to your death, the more you should increase in your hope. The Prophet ﷺ said that Allah, the Exalted says, that أَنَا عِنْدَ ظَنِّ عَبْدِي بِي إِنْ خَيْرًا فَخَيْرٌ وَإِنْ شَرًّا فَشَرٌ Allah says that I am as my servant thinks I am. If he thinks good, then good. Meaning he will get good. And if he thinks bad, then bad. Meaning that is what he will receive. So in every situation, no matter how dark and gloomy and difficult it may be, always be hopeful and always be grateful. Think positively about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we are in some difficulty, what is it that we expect? Ask yourself, what do I expect from Allah? What do I expect from Allah? You know, like somebody said that, live life as if it's rigged in your favor. That no matter what happens, perceive it as if it's good for you. Even an apparent loss, believe that it is good for you. Why? Because Rabbun Allah, our Lord is Allah. Why wouldn't everything be in our favor? It will be. So over here, the munafiqeen, the mushrikeen, their main problem is what? Allah nina billahi dhanna saw. Walillahi. And for Allah, meaning to Allah belong. Junudu samawati wal ard. The soldiers, the armies of the heavens and the earth. Wakan Allahu azizan hakima. And Allah is ever exalted in might and wise. Meaning, why would Allah not aid his servants? You think he's not capable? Definitely he is. All of the junood of the heavens and the earth belong to him. He is all able to grant victory to his servant. All strength and power is his. So trust him and expect only the very best. Inna, indeed we, arsalnaka, we have sent you, O Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as a shahidan, as a witness. Here, the status of the Prophet ﷺ is being mentioned. His role is being mentioned. And what is that? That we have sent you as a shahid. Shahid, 
one to bear witness. And remember that the person who has seen something, has witnessed something, then he also testifies to it. So shahid, meaning you have been sent in order to testify to the truth. Meaning declare it, deliver it, proclaim it, make it manifest. Shahid as in mulhir. Mulhir, one who will make the truth manifest. إِنَّا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ shahidan. Because you see, when a witness speaks, then what happens? The facts that were hidden are now disclosed. They become manifest. So we have sent you to proclaim the truth in this world. Secondly, shahid can also be understood as that on the day of judgment, the messenger wasallam is to testify that he delivered and that the rest of the prophets also delivered the message. وَمُبَشِّرًا And a bringer of good news. You have been sent to deliver good news. وَنَذِيرًا And also as a warner. You have been sent to convey warning. So when Allah has sent you for this task, then what does it mean? Allah's aid will be with you. Because إِنَّا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ We have sent you. So no matter how much your enemies oppose you, Allah's help is going to be with you. Because He is the one who has sent you. So, O oh believers, what should you do when your messenger is such? لِتُؤْمِنُوا Allah directly addresses the believers. لِتُؤْمِنُوا That you believe. You all must believe. بِاللَّهِ in Allah. How? Unconditionally. وَرَسُولِهِ And also believe in His messenger. And then, وَتُعَزِّرُوهُ And honor Him. Him, over here is referring to the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. وَتُوَقِّرُوهُ And you respect him. Again, him is referring to the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. وَتُسَبِّحُوهُ And you glorify him. Him here is referring to Allah, the exalted. When should you glorify him? بُكْرَةً وَأَصِيلًا In the morning and in the afternoon. Allah has sent you a messenger, O people, so believe in him. And when you believe in him, what else should you do? تُعَزِّرُوهُ وَتُوَقِّرُوهُ تُعَزِّرُوهُ عَيْنْ تَعْزِيرُ And what does that mean? It means to help and assist someone. But how? Respectfully. To help someone? How? How? Respectfully. Is there a difference between how you help maybe your younger sibling after they've been annoying you so much? Right? But you help them just because your dad said you have to. So you help them. And then on the other hand, you're helping your grandmother. Is there going to be a difference? There's going to be a difference, right? Why is there a difference? Because one person deserves more respect. Correct? So, تُعَزِّرُوهُ تعزير is to help and assist someone respectfully. وَتُوَقِّرُوهُ تَوْقِيرُ وَوْقَافْرَةُ تَوْقِيرُ is to maintain respect when dealing with someone. Meaning when you're interacting with them, when you're engaging with them, when you're working with them, you're doing anything with them. You maintain the adab. Why? Because you keep their status in mind. You keep their rank in mind. You don't forget that. تُوَقِّرُوهُ Yes, you are with the messenger. You travel with him. But you never forget that he is the messenger of Allah. Always show respect to him. 
وَتُسَبِّحُوهُ بُكْرَةً وَأَصِيلًا And then glorify Allah morning and afternoon. Why? For what? For His favors, for His guidance. And to comfort yourselves. Do tasbih. You see, tasbih is being mentioned in the context of Sulh Hudaybiyah. Yes, after Sulh Hudaybiyah, the Muslims got lots of good news. However, this was a very difficult experience. It wasn't easy. So how do you comfort yourself at a time when you're wounded? At a time when you're hurting? You see, if you apply for Umrah visa, and you find out that you didn't get your Umrah visa, it's very upsetting. Alright? Now imagine you get your visa, for example, you get on the flight, and you go all the way, and just outside Makkah, something happens because of which you can't go inside. Can you imagine the state of your heart? You won't be able to forget it for the rest of your life. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell His servants? At this time, what should you do? تُسَبِّحُوهُ بُكْرَةً وَأَصِيلًا You're hurting, you're wounded, busy yourself in the dhikr of Allah, morning and evening. Also we see over here, remember Umar radiallahu anhu, he wasn't quite satisfied with the terms of the treaty. And he went to the Prophet ﷺ and asked him some questions. And then he went to Abu Bakr and asked him those questions. And we learned that he also went to some other companions. Because he wasn't satisfied. So one after the other, he's going, asking. What does Allah say over here? تُعَزِّرُوهُ وَتُوَقِّرُوهُ No matter what the situation may be, trust your messenger. No matter how much you differ, maintain respect. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا فتحنا لك فتحا مبينا ليغفر لك الله ما تقدم من ذنبك وما تأخر ويتم نعمته عليك ويهديك صراطا مستقيما وَيَنْصُرَكَ اللَّهُ نَصْرًا عَزِيزًا هُوَ الَّذِي أَنْزَلَ السَّكِينَةَ فِي قُلُوبِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ لِيَزْدَادُوا إِيمَانًا مَعَ إِيمَانِهِمْ وَلِلَّهِ جُنُودُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ عَلِيمًا حَكِيمًا لِيُدْخِلَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَيُكَفِّرَ عَنْهُمْ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ وَكَانَ ذَلِكَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا وَيُعَذِّبَ الْمُنَافِقِينَ وَالْمُنَافِقَاتِ وَالْمُشْرِكِينَ وَالْمُشْرِكَاتِ الظَّانِّينَ بِاللَّهِ ظَنَّ السَّوءِ عَلَيْهِمْ دَائِرَةُ السَّوءِ وَغَضِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَعَنَهُمْ وَأَعَدَّ لَهُمْ جَهَنَّمَ وَأَعَدَّ لَهُمْ جَهَنَّمَ وَسَاءَتْ مَصِيرًا وَلِلَّهِ جُنُودُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ عَزِيزًا حَكِيمًا 